Welcome to Soul Talks, where Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors of psychology and the founders of Soul Shepherding. We help pastors in all kinds of women and men who are serving the Lord. Today, we have a special blessing for you as we share on the journey of Jesus' cross and how our Lord helps us to come alive. My favorite part of this conversation is that I drew Bill out to talk about his personal experience with the Stations of the Cross and writing them for Sacred Booklet. to have many of you in our Soul Shepherding community at Shepherd's Grove Church in Irvine with us the last two weeks as I preached on becoming your best personality and your path to a new self. And if you weren't at Shepherd's Grove, you can watch that online on our Soul Shepherding YouTube page. We also have one-minute clips on our Soul Shepherding Facebook page. Would love to have you follow us on those two venues. So here we are, Bill, coming into Holy Week. And it's a time of year that comes around every year. And sometimes we can just kind of think of it as being another year or, you know, another Easter or another Good Friday. And, you know, the whole thing that Jesus tells us in when he breaks the bread and, and the wine, it says, you know, whenever you do this, remember me. And so at church on Sunday, we had the opportunity to take communion and to remember Jesus and sometimes I think we can kind of take it for granted and it kind of just gets routine and tradition because it it's something that we maybe don't feel afresh and do every way. And so one of the surprises for me the last couple Sundays at, or last Sunday at church was when we did communion, we were there, of course, for all three services. And so we took communion, all three services. Yeah. And it was it was a blessing of grace that each time I took communion, I was able to really enter in with a new, fresh receiving of God's grace, a new appreciation, a meaningful time of remembering what He's done for us. And that's what I want Holy Week to be for us and for our listeners. Yeah, one of the things that really helped me at Shepherd's Grove was they had about 10 different slides of scriptures from the New mm-hmm. Testament around Jesus and his cross, the forgiveness of our sins, and the breaking of bread, and the taking of the cup, and all this is set to orchestra music for about 10 minutes of reflection, and so uh, that was a very meaningful way of doing communion and helping for the experience to be a a fresh engagement for us, an awakening of our heart to the Lord and his sacrifice of love for us. So important, and I think part of what you're bringing out there was having an experience that was a new way for us, some new elements there of reflecting and appreciating and receiving communion helped us to engage with it. And I think sometimes we need to switch up our traditions or our ways to to re-encounter the Lord in a new way. And so we've been doing this around the area of Holy Week and Stations of the Cross, Lent, Easter. It's so important, as, as Dallas Willard says in The Divine Conspiracy, familiarity in the Christian life actually can breed contempt. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing we want to feel about Jesus and his cross is some sense of dismissal or even disdain towards the the most important uh, point of our lives and in the gospel. It's the cross that leads us into resurrection life. And that's why today our podcast is about coming alive with Jesus. And how do we engage this story that for many of us uh, is very familiar because we came to Christ years ago, and so we've been going going back to the 
foundation of our faith uh, many, many times. And if we're not careful, it becomes so traditional, so familiar, even to be rote, and it's no longer activating our heart. And we even have a certain dismissal about it that, oh, I don't want to go there, especially as it relates to the passion of Christ, because of the suffering and, and the, the brutality and, and the torture that Jesus goes through and that, that we can feel, especially uh, as those of us who are sensitive and tender-hearted feelers, uh, we wince at, at what Jesus went through. And so we can have a certain sense of avoiding this, even maybe we're not totally conscious of it, and it's not... It's not, we're not avoiding it in our intentions or in our priorities, but somewhere deep in there emotionally, there's this certain sense of, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Definitely want to be protected from, from that reality of pain. And I don't really want to see and dwell on the truth about my sin being that bad and really needing that level of saving and atonement. And so I think that there's a defensiveness I have there too, plus the cultural pull around Easter and wanting to focus, you know, mm-hmm. the focus on the meal and what am I going to make and hosting people and the the Easter baskets for the kids, wanting to make it fun for them and special for them. And then there's what do we wear? We're supposed to dress up, you mm-hmm. know, and all these distractions about Easter. I remember feeling so sad talking to a little neighborhood boy, it was about seven and it was Easter and we were out with our kids and out in the neighborhood after church and after having, you know, our Easter feast and saying, oh, you know, what What did you do today for Easter? And him saying, oh, we don't celebrate Easter. And they weren't a different religion. You know, I remember at a garage sale at their house buying a book about, you know, Jesus' birth and it being given to them by a grandparent. And I think the grandma had even said, you know, praying for you or something. So they had a history there, but their family had, wasn't going to church, wasn't in relationship with God, wasn't even acknowledging Easter anymore. And the sadness of that, how we can give into that kind of cultural pull and lose the side of failing to remember. Yeah, to miss the love and the life that Jesus brings us is so sad. And, uh, you know, these things that you're referencing in the culture, um, most of them are were good things. You know, dr- dressing nice, Easter baskets, uh, all these things are not bad things, they, but they become distractions when they become so important to us and, and they're not guiding us into the essential meaning of our intimacy with Jesus and our, our journey with him to the cross and into resurrection life. Yeah, and I hope nobody's hearing what I say as judgment because I'm I'm guilty of this. You've been really helpful to me and helping me remember and and leading me in some fresh ways of remembering. You were the one that led our family to start practicing Lent and to start you know, looking at the stations of the cross. I didn't, I hadn't even heard of those. I didn't even know what those were because they weren't a part of my tradition that I was raised in. And so by you practicing that and finding that so meaningful and then sharing that with us as a family. And then, you know, one of the things I've so appreciated is the way with the Unforsaken booklet that you've written here that leads us through the stations of the cross in a way that's so engaging with me and my life that every year I can do it and it doesn't feel like it's the same old because things are different in my life each year. So I have some new way of engaging it. So even this year, I, w- I looked at the first station and your questions here that you have at the end. And the other thing I appreciate about it is so short. So <laughs> it doesn't lose me. It's not a, a huge... Yeah, the whole um, journey is about an hour. If you do it all at once, but you could even do it one a day in mm-hmm. just minutes. But... So for chapter one, where Jesus is on trial there, um, the first station of the cross, you call us into recalling a time we felt judged 
by someone and share our feelings with God. Well, you know, that's good for me to look in what way right now am I feeling judged and to to prompt a conversation there with the Lord and receive his empathy, knowing he empathizes with me in that and appreciating that he experienced judgment for me. And then recalling a time when I judged someone else, you know, looking in inward and seeing, oh yeah, I'm guilty of that. That sin still lives in me at times, you know. I I will will judge somebody else and to feel sad about that, to confess that and to repent from that and to ask for God's grace for that and for his spirit to lead me to not be the kind of person that's judgmental. And then you affirm here, now stand with Jesus in the Father's world of righteousness and peace and give thanks that you're free from condemnation. That helps me to receive God's grace, His forgiveness, to remember what He did, but to receive it in a new, fresh way. It is a concrete and specific area of my life. And you do that with each of these stations, and it's it's always helpful. Yeah, there's 15 stations of the cross, and in our Unforsaken booklet, we go back to the gospel passages that relate to those ancient stations. And uh, I wrote that after walking the stations of the cross at the Prince of Peace Abbey, a Benedictine monastery in Oceanside, where I've been many times, and walking through that journey and being so impacted by it, and then leading other people to join me in the Stations of the Cross, people uh, who, like us, it wasn't part of their tradition because they they weren't raised Catholic, and person after person just uh, weeping with joy at the, the mercy and the grace and the healing they experienced from getting so up close and personal with Jesus on the Stations of the Cross, and particularly with these gospel reflections that are very um, Bible-centered, very very evangelical, and then working them into our life, mm-hmm. our, our soul, our experiences, so that as we journey with Jesus and we see that he went to the cross to die for our sins, and these are 15 different uh, points in that journey. And so in the one that you're bringing out, Christine, that first station where Jesus is judged by by Pilate and then by the Sanhedrin and well actually the Sanhedrin before Pilate and all this well he did that for me and and for you who are listening Jesus experienced being judged and condemned uh, for you and he was judged and condemned unfairly as we often experience now sometimes we are are uh, in guilt because we've sinned and we need to be forgiven and so he was judged for that too. But the point is, is that we experience through Jesus now what he endured there when he was, was criticized and slandered and, and condemned as though he was a, a sinner and a, a horrible person, even though he was pure and righteous, and how he went through that without going into fear and insecurity and shame, but he had a sense of strength, mm-hmm. but not the strength of fighting back. He didn't sp- get defensive. And yeah, and he wasn't defensive because he was standing in his father's world. He's standing in the kingdom of God. And so he has a hidden source of self-esteem and well-being. And from that place, now he's able to bless the one who curses him. He's able to love his enemies. And we see that throughout the journey on the cross. And so it's a deeply healing experience. And for me, the stations of the cross are, are sort of like a fifth gospel because it brings back to me the, the center point of the gospel, which is the cross and the resurrection, but in a different presentation. And so that, that difference helps to awaken me to something new and engage my heart afresh in the Lord and his love for us. That's good. As you're sharing this, I'm thinking about 
I'm, I'm, I'm feeling an excitement hearing about Jesus as you're talking about him standing in his father's world and from that security of his father's love and his power with him that he's able to not be defensive and not be reactive and not, you know, to that judgment that he's receiving and that that's, that's for us through Christ, that same standing in his kingdom and his favor attached to him, receiving his love is in, in being learning that vision from Jesus, that helps us then to not be defensive when we're judged and not to respond in hurtful ways and angry ways and not to sin against our neighbor. And that's what he takes through the whole journey with the cross. When when when, um, when he comes across the women who are, are weeping, when he stumbles and falls as he carries the cross and Simon comes to help him, when his mother Mary comes to him and he, he cares for her, when he's... Uh, uh, when Peter denies him, when he when he's whipped and uh, when he's when he's crucified and and then into the resurrection, each of these scenes he is with the Father. He is not abandoned. He is not forsaken. And you and I, we are not forsaken either. So, honey, you didn't just write this book to try to sell it or make money for soul shepherding or um, draw attention to to yourself. You've really found this so helpful and fruitful for your life. This is. This has been really important to you, these meditations on the Stations of the Cross. Well, yeah, this came out of years of doing the Stations just privately myself and then sharing them on retreat with men and women in ministry. And it just existed as a a free resource that we were giving to people for a number of years. And then we decided, well, let's put it together with some some nice pictures of each of the Stations that artists have done and let's... Uh, um, uh, just put in a simple booklet that someone can hold and carry with them. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, I think, $7 on Kindle and $10 on uh, Amazon. And so, yeah, if you're you're listening now and uh, you maybe didn't do as much for Lent as you wish you would have, or you just want to have a, a really special experience for Holy Week, or or you want to freshen up your devotions, or you're going to go on a retreat, and this is a great resource, 15 meditations that you can go through, and it, it will draw you closer to Jesus, and it will make your life more, more meaningful. There would be a number of application points for you to really ponder and pray through about sort of how you're living your life, and it's really one of the favorite things that I've written. So, but why? Tell me more. Why did you spend the time meditating on these Stations of the Cross? Why did you keep going back to it? Why did you put the time into wanting to share it with others? Well, because when I, when I came at it, I, I was struggling with self-criticism and uh, ambition and ego and judgment and sensitivity to uh, being judged by other people and to uh, rejection. And uh, I, I uh, had, had been in a, a, a drought of many years in my spiritual life and was just now coming into a season of, of great renewal. And so this is a big part of what led to my spiritual renewal, was getting up close with Jesus and step-by-step step, uh, on the journey of the cross and, and, and understanding, coming to understand the two sides of the cross, the obvious side of what Jesus did for us to forgive us of our sins, but then the, the invitation to take up our cross and follow Jesus, and that that's not some morbid, awful thing. I mean, yeah, there's self-denial in that, and yeah, we go through trials and, and, and suffering, but this is a great privilege and an honor, and Jesus is showing me how to carry the cross in a way that is filled with joy, 
like like Hebrews says, in a way that is filled with the the love of the Lord and a sense of security because we are in our Father's world and this becomes our best ministry, our, our greatest witness is how we respond to the difficult things in our life and letting people see that and learning how to to speak and teach and care for people out of the overflow of God's comfort and grace into our life where we've been hurt and broken. So it's a way that you enthrall your mind with Jesus in a way you learn from him, you get a a greater vision of who he is and also the life he's called you into. Yeah, and to have fresh ways, you know, 15 different slides, uh, scenes uh, through the scriptures that are they're, they're coming into my heart at a different angle because of this uh, Via Dolorosa in Jerusalem, this way of suffering, this way of the cross that millions of pilgrims have walked this journey over the centuries. And so we now become a part of that great cloud of witnesses from Hebrews 12, where we're carrying on in this tradition of men and women who have been hot on the trail of Jesus. And it used to be that the only way to do this was you go to Jerusalem and you walk the physical places where Jesus walked. And then the pilgrims started taking, they started drawing pictures of, of the different gospel scenes of those places and taking them back to their friends to tell the story. So that's, it really was, in a sense, like a, a fifth gospel at one point that's bringing people into the four gospels of the Bible. And so I had my own journey with that, and, and it, it's continued with that. It's been so healing and so meaningful and so joyful and empowering for me. So I just, I just love to share it with people. Well, it's been a blessing that you shared it with me and, and with our family. We started it in family devotions, you know, years when our still kids were still pretty little, and it was a good way to be able to bring some of the, the truth of this Holy Week, this Lent season to our kids, not, you know, not just it being about Easter and the big celebrations with all the other distractions on Easter. Well, Christy, you're a huge part of the Unforsaken journey, first of all, because you're my sole friend, my best friend, and you're, you're the one that I, I travel most closely with in following Jesus. And so I process all of my experiences like these with you and seeking your empathy and your prayers and your questions. And uh, implicit in that is is some feedback because we have very different personalities. <laughs> We're pretty opposite about things. And and so you've had significant pushback for me mm-hmm. on this whole practice with the Stations of the Cross because of the the, the suffering and the pain and the Yeah, the I, don't, blood I and, don't like the gore. I don't like the pain. I don't like the horrible abuse that Jesus suffers. I don't like seeing that how evil people are, that they could just do that to Jesus. I don't like seeing the the extent to which the pain that God allowed Jesus to suffer. I, you know, there's part of me that's like, God, how can you let your son endure this? You know, I want, I want him, you know, I want this. I guess I wanted what the disciples want. You know, I'm guilty of wanting that same thing. You know, show your power and come and save him. Send the angel, all the cohorts of angels. And, you know, um, I don't like seeing Jesus insulted. I, you know, it's, it's painful. And I guess in part, it's because of the compassion I have. I just don't like seeing that kind of suffering and gore and abuse and evil so upsetting, but part of it's probably a defense against my own pride of not wanting to think that I'm capable of that or culpable that I that my sin's that bad. Yeah, well, your courage to be honest about this, Christy, is really helpful to all of us because the truth is that 
we all have this uh, reaction of an of an inner hesitation, if not revulsion, to get this close to the the sufferings of Christ in in the cross journey. And so, your tender heart, your sensitivity, and your uh, emotional awareness to be able to articulate these things helps all of us to find the words for what, yeah, we feel that way too. And being honest about that is an important part of our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus. And as, as we grapple with that, it helps us even more to appreciate the, uh, the grace that is there for us on this uh, journey of Unforsaken uh, with Jesus and his cross. And so uh, I wrote the Unforsaken booklet uh, largely for you and people like you, and wanted to be very careful to talk about the journey of the cross in a way that um, w- was not only fair and true to what the Gospels teach and what Jesus actually did on the cross, but speaks to tender hearts and speaks to our longings for uh, for hope and love and joy and peace and for just intimacy with Jesus and so to show the, the side of the cross that it's for the joy that's set before him that Jesus is enduring the, the cross and that he's able to despise the shame that's associated with the cross, to not, not take that into himself uh, because he's standing with the Father in the kingdom and to, to highlight the, the teaching of the scriptures that, that Jesus is not forsaken. Yes, he takes on our sin. Yes, he goes to... Uh, in, into the uh, atonement for us and does what for us what no human being could do except Jesus. He's the one mediator. He, he's the he's the savior, and so he takes the the, the punishment that we deserve. Uh, but within that, whatever sense of rejection he felt, perhaps from the Father in the mystery of the atonement here, uh, I do not believe that Jesus was actually rejected and forsaken by the Father, certainly not in any sort of an enduring way. Everything the Bible teaches us is that Jesus is one with the Father, totally submitted to the Father, and he lives out of the reality of the Father's love for him all the time. And so we get tweaked around uh, sin, what it means, punishment, what it means, anger, anger in God, and we don't know how to understand these things because we impose our human experiences with our brokenness and destructive living onto God. But whenever... We see in the scriptures that God is angry about something. It is an expression of his love. And we always have to remember that. And that is most certainly true with the cross. Throughout the events of the cross, God is loving Jesus and he is loving Bill and Christy and our listeners. That's really important. And, and this, this station of the cross and unforsaken just helps me to receive that and to, to see that. And I'm, I'm not the only one. My friend Margaret, who's on our board of Soul Shepherding, she's also leads a Bible study that I'm blessed to be in. She's um, just a great woman of God and minister. She says, she wrote us and said, I just treasure the Unforsaken book. It's had a big impact in my life. It brings to life the various scenes leading up to the crucifixion and resurrection. I feel as if I was right there living the moments. What a gift to experience the stunning, breathtaking love Jesus has for me through walking out the stations of the cross. I have savored each of the meditations. Somehow, every meditation spoke directly to something going on into my life. It gets richer and more meaningful to me each time I go through this book. Oh, Jesus, how we thank you for the gift of your life on the cross 
and then raised from the dead. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, you love Jesus. You love us. Holy Spirit, you come to us and bring us into this restored relationship with God through Jesus and his sacrifice. Lord God, we pray that you would bless each of our listeners with a a real uh, sense and uh, appreciation and joy that they are unforsaken, that your love for them is unending. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You could buy a copy of Unforsaken with Jesus on the Stations of the Cross at Amazon or Kindle for less than $10. Your donations to Soul Shepherding, along with purchasing our books, enable us to offer this podcast and a thousand online resources for free. Thank you for following the Lord Jesus with us in the Soul Shepherding community.